Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Anyone doing good? Anyone doing really, really good? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know the kingdom of heaven is at hand? And the kingdom is always advancing. And uh, we have a great opportunity coming up to advance the kingdom in our city. And, uh, you know, we, Renee and I, many of the team here, we are, we are here specifically because God has called us to this city because God has big plans for this city. And somewhere I heard that what starts in Austin changes the world. And, uh, and God has a heart for Austin because he knows that what he does here, that this is such a city of influence. And when the kingdom invades here, it's going to go from here through cities, regions, and nations beyond. And uh, we, we have a heart. We, we live the mandate that the church belongs outside of the four walls of the building. And next Saturday, we have what we call Engage Austin. And this is, this is such a powerful opportunity for us to actually be the church, not just go to church. And this event means so much for us. We've done this. This is the third year um, doing this event that, that we actually close down church on the Saturday night. We don't have service. Well, we do. It's just out in the streets. So next Saturday, there's not, uh, there's not church on Saturday night, but we send teams out all day long to different locations all through the city and all at different times, and we just blast the city of Austin with the kingdom of heaven. And amaz- you could be even more excited about that if you wanted to, <clears throat> just, just saying. I mean, last year, we had a multitude of miracles, healings. We had over 35 salvations. God showing up in our city. But listen, I want to tell you that, that, that if you're nervous, this is designed for you. Right? It's not just throw you out there and go talk to people with Jesus. We have, about Jesus, we have leaders who know what they're doing, who know how to bring people along with them. Right? You could just go and observe You can just be like, I'm nervous. I'm just going to go with you and just observe. But something happens, right? When you're watching people get touched, you're watching people get ministered to you, watching people get saved, a boldness starts to rise up in you. And an amazing thing happens when you go, when you step out in faith, when you go with an assignment, increase comes. You will experience more stepping out in the streets than you experience in the building. But the increase that you experience then becomes yours and you get to bring it back with you. It's a beautiful exchange. And there are locations uh, all throughout the day, different times and all throughout the city. So and there's locations that are <clears throat> artistic in nature, worship in nature, all different, all different expressions. So you can find something that fits you. There's teams that are geared for families 
And so after the service, uh, there's going to be our team leads are going to be in the community room with information about what locations they're going to be at and what type of outreach uh, expression they're going to have. So I would, I would ask you to go and connect with them and find out um, what team is a right fit for you. Listen, this is our identity as a house. The church belongs out there. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> and this, so this is our opportunity to be the church, to live the message. And again, if you're nervous, that's okay. We all, we all start there. We have it set up and designed for you just to be brought along on this journey. Bring your whole family. It's going to be amazing. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> along with that, we have a, a five-day outreach challenge leading up to that Saturday. And so you will be getting emails one, one a day with a little challenge during the day. I'm just stirring up this heart of evangelism um, throughout the week leading up to Saturday. Um, it is fun. Um, things like jumping on social media and asking if anyone needs prayer. Uh, the second day, buy a homeless person a meal and ask them if they need prayer. Look, a couple weeks ago, I was walking from our offices next door to Subway to get a sandwich, and I'm walking by the bus stop, and there's a guy asleep on the bus stop, and God said, bring him back a sandwich. So I did. I went to Subway, got two sandwiches instead of one, brought him back lunch, started talking to him. Short story is he gives his life to Jesus right there on the bus stop. <clears throat> this is the kingdom, and there's little challenges each day. So look for those. It's going to be amazing. Listen, if you're nervous, if you're not sure, can I just encourage you, go. You won't be sad that you did. And in fact, you will be you will be like, why didn't I do this sooner? And you'll be looking forward to next year already. I guarantee it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And in fact, can we just take a second just to pray over Engage Austin next, next Saturday? <clears throat> well, I don't know if you agree with, or not, but I have the microphone. So I am going to pray over Engage Austin. Father, we thank you for this city. We thank you for this divinely appointed time. God, we thank you for the anointing, Father. I thank you that you tell us to go and to preach and to heal the sick and to raise the dead and, and cast out demons and to cleanse the leopards. And none of those things do we do in our own strength, but because your grace goes before us, all we have to do is say yes to what you've already said yes to. And Father, I thank you for a divine anointing on Engage Austin, specifically for those people who are nervous. I pray a divine appointment for them. Thank you, God, for breakthroughs and taking us all to the next level in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, that's the message for this morning. You guys be blessed. Have a great week. <clears throat> now, I have a little bit more to say. I want to talk to you uh, this morning about touching Jesus through the crowd. And uh, how many people know life can feel crowded sometimes? Yeah. Life can get busy. It can uh, get convoluted. It can get messy at times. And life can be challenging, but how many people know Jesus never changes? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that Jesus never gets convoluted. He never gets crowded. He never gets messy. He's always the same, and he's always available. 
but we have the ability to get better at learning how to access him and touch him through the crowd, through the busyness, through the chaos, and know that, Jesus, my world might feel like it's in turmoil, but your world is steady, and I can learn how to put my eyes on your realm and touch you even through the chaos. We're gonna to be talking about touching Jesus through the crowd this morning. I love the little confirmations from heaven. This, this morning, the first song was making space. And uh, there is a, a verse in the song that goes like this. We're clearing out the clutter for the only one that matters. We're clearing out the clutter. <clears throat> You're the only one we're after. I'm like, wow, Jesus, they're singing the message this morning. <laughs> Thank you for those little confirmations. God, you're good. And there's a story uh, in the Bible that we're gonna, that we're gonna jump into. <clears throat> and it's, we're gonna read out of Mark. Actually, it's in Mark. I think I wanna, sorry, it's the same story. It's in three of the Gospels. I wanna read it out of Luke, actually, uh, to you uh, this morning. We're gonna reference Mark. I'm gonna read it out of Luke. And we're also going to be in Malachi chapter four, if you wanna put a mark in Malachi four. The, the story in, that is that is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. You probably could have guessed that, <clears throat> pressing through the, the crowd to touch Jesus. But I wanna read this story, and there's so many beautiful nuances to this story, and even the language as it's recorded in the different gospels, the nuances in the language all have different significance, but there's, there's power in this, in this story, and there's much for us to learn from, from this story. In Luke chapter eight, starting in verse 43, now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border. Someone to say border the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, the Bible has layers of truth to it. And how many people know that the parable, none of the parables are actually about the characters of the parable, but Jesus is using them to communicate deeper kingdom truths. And this story, even though it's a true story in history about a woman who had a flow of blood, that the story is captured here because it has deep revelation and meaning for all of us today. 
Can I get an amen on that? You're tracking with me. There's some powerful truths in here, and obviously the woman, when she touched Jesus, she was immediately made well, and that is obvious to see in the story, and that's beautiful. That is our king, and that is our Jesus, amen? Amen. But it's interesting to know that there was a throng of people, there was a crowd of people thronging him and pressing in against him. But this one particular lady, she pressed through that throng, and when she touched him, something happened. Someone say, something happened. Which tells us that something was different about her touching him than the rest of the crowds touching him. Because they were thronging in, but Jesus wasn't stopping and taking notice. But Jesus, hunger never goes unnoticed in the kingdom. Something was different when this woman touched him, and I want to look into that a little bit with you. That That when this woman touched him, Jesus said, I perceived power going out from me. And that word power there in the Greek is dunamis. And it comes from the same root word where we get our words dynamic and dynamite. And that gives you a little key of what this, what this word power is carrying. It literally means the dynamic working power of God. It's the power that makes things happen. It's the power that releases change. It's the power that cleanses the leper. It's the power that opens deaf ears. It's the power that calms the storm. It is the power that changes things. And it's dynamic in its nature. And Jesus said, he's walking down the road, and there's a whole crowd of people touching him. Right? They're all touching him. They're pressing in, and he's just going about his business like, (sighs) talk about like the ultimate paparazzi, right? Like Jesus in the crowd, and he's just like going about his business. This one woman comes and touches him. He goes, whoa, something just happened. I felt dunamis power. I felt the dynamic working nature of heaven flow through me. Who touched me? Now here's here's a interesting point. There was a lot of people touching him. But I would propose that that lady wasn't touching Jesus the man. She was touching Jesus the God. She was aware that she was touching one who was seated in heavenly places. She was touching the representation of the Father. She was aware that she was accessing the nature of heaven through this God-man, through this Savior. And there was lots of people touching him, but they were touching the person. They were touching the man. She was touching the Messiah. Now listen, you've heard me, if you've been with us any length of time, you've probably heard me share this. In Exodus, when Moses meets with God in the burning bush and God tells him, I want you to, I'm sending you back into Egypt to deliver my people. And Moses said, who should I tell him is sending me so that they will know? And God says, go and tell them I am that I am. And why does God give that response? 
It's simple because there is no singular name that can fully describe all and the fullness of the nature of God. God could have told Moses, go and tell him that I'm the healer, and that would have been true, but not the whole truth. There's more to his nature. He could have said, go and tell him I'm the deliverer. Again, true, but not the whole truth. Go and tell him, I'm your protector, I'm your strength, I'm your rock, I'm your high tower, I'm your fortress, on and on and on. And all of those things are true, but you need a wider, broader description to capture it all. God is so full that his description is, I am. (laughs) And the implication is, what do you need? Because God says, I am. If you need healing, I am. If you need deliverance, I am. If you need salvation, I am. If you need protection, I am. If you need comfort, I am. And on and on and on. The crowd touched the person. She touched the I am. Whew. There's moments when Jesus is revealed as the I am. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when the, when the army comes to arrest Jesus, he steps forward and says, who are you looking for? And when they, they answer, we're looking for Jesus, and his response, in, in your English translation, it says, I am he. But in the original, in the Greek, he isn't in there. His response is, he says, who are you looking for? And they answer, and he says, I am. Do you know what happens next? Read it in the Bible. The entire army, it says, they step back and fall to the ground. The entire, the entire platoon that was sent to arrest Jesus, literally, if you study it out, it says, it means that the strength of their, the strength of their body failed them, and they fell to the ground. The revelation of the I am, they were all slain in the spirit. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Catch back up to my notes here. Thank you, Jesus. While the others were touching the man, She was touching the Messiah. While they were touching the surface, she was touching the source. They touched the person while she touched the power. They had hope, but she had faith. They had had heard the stories, and they had hoped to receive something. She had heard the stories, but it stirred in her Not just hope, it stirred in her a revelation, a recognition that this person was the Savior, the Messiah, the expressed image of the Father, the nature of God incarnate. It was access to heaven, was walking past her. And through that, she was able to press through the crowd and touch the I am. And she received her miracle. Thank you, Jesus. It's significant that she touched his cloak or his his garment 
In, in Matthew, it says hem. In uh, Mark, it says uh, clothes or garment. In Luke, it says border. But all, it's all the same language. And she is touching there, which in Hebrew is the talit. And it's a mantle or a rectangle cloth, a piece of cloth with a, a slit for your head and you wear it over. You've seen uh, still today the observant Jews wear this. And it's bordered and it has tassels on the four corners. And they wear this and it's also a prayer shawl. And we're going we're gonna to read why God had his people wear this talit. It has significance. And the edges of this talit are also called wings. And that's significant. Because in Malachi chapter 4, it says this. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. That's, that's in the new living. <laughs> Again, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. It's not just, it's not just prophetic imagery like, you know, eagle stretched out with his wings. No, it's actually... It's more specific. It's, it's the talit healing in his wings. And she, being in this culture, would know that. And if I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment or touch his wings, I know because this is the God-man. This is the Messiah. If I touch him, I will be made well. Come on, thank you, Jesus. The Talit is also the mantle, Elijah receiving from Elijah, and the mantle fell from heaven. In Numbers chapter 15, sorry, I should have referenced that earlier as well. In Numbers chapter 15, this is so good, I would like you to take a moment and turn there. If you got a Bible... I want you to, you should have your Bible in Numbers 15. Now listen, while you're turning there, I just want to paint even a clearer picture. This, this woman with the issue of blood, most people would realize that because of the flow of blood, she was, she was biblically declared unclean, which meant she couldn't be close to, she couldn't touch other people, and Entering into the crowd was a huge risk because of this, quote-unquote, uncleanness. But it wasn't just, it wasn't just when she stepped out into the street and with strangers and society, but it would actually deeper than that. It would, it would apply to her family, to her husband if she had one. It doesn't say. It would apply to her husband. It would apply to her children. This isolation that she would have felt not being able to touch people, not being able to come near people, having to be, stay isolated all the time. 
imagine the, the despair that would set in. I, look, listen, society, the, the law mandated this of her. I mean, she was, she was a victim of cancel culture way before our cancel culture. She was ostracized. But through all that clutter, through all that noise, right, our life gets busy, it gets chaotic, but imagine what she was going through. And through that, she had the ability to recognize who was drawing near. How many people know that breakthrough doesn't happen when you go with the crowd? Breakthrough happens when you press through the crowd. Society, the busyness, the news media, social media, they all are trying to create a momentum to get us caught up and carry us along in the chaos. But breakthrough doesn't happen when we go along with the crowd. It happens when we press through the crowd because we've locked eyes with the one who is the I am. In Numbers 15, if you're there, say, I love Jesus. Now the Talit, and why the Talit? Numbers 15, starting in verse 37. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corner of their garments throughout their generations, and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassels that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. Wow. So this tallit, this garment that they wore, and it had the tassels on the corner, it was bordered, the borders were called wings. This specifically was given as a remembrance and, and all of the observant Jews would wear this, the men, they would wear this and you would see it all around you and the tassels would catch your attention and every time you saw it, it was a reminder of his commandments and his ways. Can I say that again? It was a reminder of his commandments and his ways. And it was supposed to speak to us, conviction, right. I am meant to go the ways of the Lord, not my own ways, not my own thoughts, not my own ability. I am married to the Lord. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Now follow me. In Malachi, when it says Jesus will arise, the Son of Man, obviously Jesus will arise with healing in his wings, the tallit, the word border or corners in what we just read, and put, and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. That that word corners is the same word border or the same word wings. Same word. When Jesus said, when the Bible says of Jesus, he will arise with healing in his wings, it's actually the borders the parameter, the confines of his ways. You will find healing under the covering of my ways. 
When you come into alignment with my ways and with my nature, you will find healing. And how many people know healing isn't just physical need? The healing is the fullness, the wholeness. It's emotional, it's physical, it's relational. It's all of it, the full picture. (laughs) That you will find healing so much so that you will be like a calf released from the stall, leaping for joy. When you come under the covering of his ways. This is what the woman locked eyes with. And she realized that she had the ability to press through the noise and the chaos and the crowd and to touch the I am. Now, if we can replace in this picture, this, this story that we know has great meaning for all of us, if we could replace crowds in that story with crowdedness in our world, or busyness, or chaos, or confusion, can anybody besides me relate to that? <laughs> that woman had to push through that crowd, but we have a crowd that we have the opportunity to push through. But while the crowd is moving, the the crowdedness, the busyness, everything and everybody is trying to get your attention to go one way. (laughs) Remember the warning? To not not seek with harlotry your own ways. Oh, through the busyness, I can remember there's one who never changes. There's one who's always available. There's one who has created peace amongst the chaos when he died on the cross. There are still waters available for me even in the midst of the busyness. And when I can remember that, oh, the I am is available, it gives me the ability to push through. It gives me the ability to turn off distraction. It gives me the ability to touch, not the man, but the Messiah. Not the person, but the power. Not just the surface level, but the source. (laughs) Listen, this this is why some people seem to have so much breakthrough in their lives, and other people, they're, they're, they feel like they're on the same hamster wheel, right? They feel like I'm running on the same treadmill as you, but you seem to have breakthrough and I don't. <clears throat> it's because they're in the same crowd, but with a different focus. Oh my goodness. Listen. <laughs> Listen, when the presence comes in worship, are we distracted <laughs> or are we engaged? Are we just amongst the crowd? (laughs) Are we with the one? It's the reason why God can move in the room. Two people in the same room, the same service, the same outpouring of God, and one can have a life-changing in the encounter and the other can have none. We've all seen it. God moves in the room and one person cries, oh, my life will never be the same again. And another person in the same room, they walk out, how was service? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was all right. Like, what just happened? (laughs) Same crowd. 
Different person. Different focus. Different intention. Wow. That you have the invitation not just to be caught up in the crowd, but to touch the person. He stopped for the one. <laughs> that we think that that we think that Jesus is busily buzzing by. We got to catch our moments. Oh man, worship was so good. That peak of worship, that was my moment. I couldn't like. <laughs> no, Jesus is the same. We're the one on the conveyor belt. Jesus is just looking. Are you going to stop long enough to see me? Are you going to stop long enough to see that I'm seeing you? Are you going to stop long enough to reach out and take my hand and let me pull you off the conveyor belt into my presence where I can hug you, where I can hold you, where we can be alone together, where you can get lost in my presence? <laughs> when you pray, go in your door and close your door and pray in this secret embrace and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Oh my goodness, thank you Jesus, I love him, I love him, I love him. We need, we need an overlay of heaven in our perspective. Listen, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna find heaven through your problem. You're not gonna find heaven through your problem, but you will find solutions for your problem through the lens of heaven. And we, again, why some people have breakthrough and others don't. When we look at our finances, we're coming to the Father. Some of us come through the problem trying to get to the Father. Oh God, my finances, oh, please do something if you're there. Oh, you're like, please. <clears throat> you're not gonna find heaven through the lens of your problem. But if you can step off of the conveyor belt of your problems, this works at work. It works with raising children. It works in relationships. It just works because it's the kingdom. If you could step off the conveyor belt of your problems or step out of the crowd, the crowdedness, the busyness, the confusion, step out and lock eyes with him. And, oh, it's you, Jesus the lover of my souls, the I am. And then out of that place, he goes, hey, remember that financial problem? <laughs> oh, right, yeah, what about it? Bam. <clears throat> Jesus says, <laughs> remember secret place? Jesus says, hey, why you been lost here with me? Yeah, I took care of that for you. <laughs> Listen, it works at work. <laughs> in your job, and you're like, listen, I work in a secular place, so what? That's the crowd. Step out of the crowd. The good news is you don't even have to leave the building because you have a spirit man. Just take a spirit break at work. You're typing, you're here, but your spirit's there. You're like, whoop. Jesus, what are you up to right now? Hey, let's just hang out. And you're there, and your company has been struggling. 
declining issue. They don't know how to solve this issue. And you're just taking your spirit break. You stepped out of the crowd. You're like, Jesus, what's going on? Let's hang out. I love you. You love me. And after a while, he's like, hey, you know that problem they've had? Here's a solution. And then you come back from your spirit break. You're like, hey, guys, uh, boss, what about this? And they're like, oh, my goodness, this is the solution. How did you get that? Here's a promotion for you. It works. <laughs> Come on, anybody with me? <laughs> Listen, God wants to open the eyes of our understanding so that we could see through the crowd. Paul prays it this way for the Ephesians. This is in Ephesians 1, starting in verse 17. Now that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Here it is, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Woo. Paul is praying for the Ephesians that their eyes would be opened. Why? So that they would be able to access at all times and in any situation what this woman accessed through the crowd. We talked about it already. Her eyes were open. Her eyes were open in the spirit, in her heart. Some translations say the eyes of your heart being enlightened. That she could see what the rest of the crowd didn't see. We said it already. They saw the surface. She saw the source. That Paul prays for the Ephesians that our eyes, <clears throat> that their eyes would be opened. If you look and see just the natural realm, then you'll get natural results. Which is what happened to the rest of the crowd. That I would, I would say it's implied the rest of the crowd, how many people know those people all had needs, <laughs> but they had hope. They, they were looking for a handout. They were hoping that something would happen. They heard the stories, and they didn't understand the source or the reasons. They're just like, this Jesus guy, amazing thing happened. I wonder if I go get in line if something amazing will happen. <laughs> but she had a greater revelation. I know if I can just touch his wings. I know the, I know, oh, oh, I know who this is. I know the promise and what's available. If you look and see the kingdom through kingdom lens, then you will get kingdom results. I said this already, but you can't find heaven through the lens of your problem, but you can find solutions for your problems through the lens of heaven. Come on, thank you, Jesus. God is Jesus who is the Prince of Peace. Then in John Chapter 20, 
that when Jesus had died on the cross, he had been buried. He rose from the dead. We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Beautiful time. That in his glorified form, he appeared to the disciples. They were gathered together for fear. And he appears to the disciples and he walks to the wall and he says, peace to you. But I want you to recognize that Jesus isn't just saying, hey guys, don't be afraid. Like, oh, well, it's me. Hey, don't be scared. He says it again, peace unto you. Who is Jesus? He is the Prince of Peace. Now in his glorified form, he's not just saying don't be scared. He, what he's doing is he is stopping the conveyor belt of chaos. They're caught up in it. They're caught up in it. Their, their Messiah just was crucified. The whole world is against them. They're hiding from fear. They're like, oh, can you, can you imagine the swirl, the chaos, the confusion, the doubt, the I don't know what to do next, where to go, what's gonna happen? And Jesus steps into that, and he doesn't just say, hey, don't be nervous. What he's actually saying is, I'm the Prince of Peace. He actually is opening a realm for them to step off of the conveyor belt, out of their realm and into his. Peace unto you. And a whole new generation of ministry and ministers is birthed. Woo. That's a good word right there. The Prince of Peace wants to quiet the storm. He wants to give us ability to access the heavenly realms. Can I have someone come on the, the keys? Thank you, Jesus. The Prince of Peace. He's, he's quieting the storm, not just in, in story form. That every story has a greater implication. The Prince of Peace is quieting the chaos. And he wants us to realize that we have the ability to touch heaven in any situation. That we can silence the chaos. We can step off the conveyor belt. He's not the one who's swiftly moving past. We have to catch those moments. No, we're the one swiftly moving. He's the one who's stationary. He's the one who's stable. He's the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right now, I believe that Jesus is going to give people the ability in this room right here to silence the, the chaos and to find his eyes. He's going to give people the ability to know how to step out of the crowd of confusion and remember to visit their secret place. God's going to give the ability out of the secret place for divine breakthroughs and solutions, things that feel like they've been evading you or eluding you for a long time, God's about to bring breakthrough for those things. Because the I am is at hand. Not Jesus the fad. Come on. 
That's not what we need. Not, not hyper cool church. Not surface, but the source. The I am. And I actually feel like I'm supposed to pray the prayer that Paul prayed over the Ephesians, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray it over you this morning. And if you want that, I just invite you to stand to your feet. And if you want to put your hand over your heart, some translations say the eyes of your understanding, some say the eyes of your heart. Either way, it's spiritual eyes that they would be awakened, that we could see. And I'm going to read a couple, a verse more than I read before. Verse or two, actually. Thank you, Father. I'm going to pray this, what Paul prayed over the Ephesians, I'm going to pray it over us this morning. Thank you, Father, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities. That's the confusion. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. He's saying that when our eyes are open, it extends authority over every principality and over every dominion and over every thought and over all confusion and over all busyness, not just in this age, but in the age to come. That's speaking eternal, but also not just, listen, when you learn it in this season, it will affect your next season. And that season will affect the one after that. That finding Jesus through the crowd isn't a one-time event, but it's a lifestyle. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We love you. And we thank you for your goodness. Come on, we're just going to let the Spirit of God just minister for a moment. Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, right now, I thank you for your grace and your anointing, and your presence. I thank you, God, for breaking up like Paul, who had, <laughs> listen, I just, I just put this together. Maybe I'm slow. But Paul, who prayed that prayer, is also the same Paul who earlier, the beginning of his walk with Jesus, had scales fall from his eyes. <laughs> Jesus, I thank you for scales falling right now. I thank you for places that the enemy has tried to crust over. God, the breaking loose and breaking free right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that as we come under your wings, 
not just a prophetic image of a soaring bird, but actually when we come under the protection, the boundaries and borders of your ways, which are higher than our ways, Father, we find healing. God, I thank you for that. And I thank you for every heart, every life, every family, every household represented here, Father that you would meet with them and they would meet with you through the crowded chaos and they would find newness of life, that they would be like calves released from the stall, leaping with joy in the fields. And I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.